Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another ESL podcast. And today is the four interview uh, quadruplet. Uh, I don't even know. Like there's triplets and then there's quintuplets. I don't even know. I forgot. But there are four of them. We've already done this before. This is the third installment. We got Lisa, of course. You guys may have heard the video already back December 24th. If you haven't, if you are away for the holidays, make sure you pick up where I left off, man. I have podcasts rolling all the way through, and I see all of you coming back finally and checking out my podcast. I want to give a really big special shout-out to the country of Iran. I cannot believe how popular I'm in Iran right now. It is phenomenally amazing. I just want to give you guys a big, big special shout-out. Love you guys, and of course, everyone else out there who has been following me for quite some time. Now, go listen to the Lisa Cato interview. It was obviously uploaded on December, Christmas Eve, uh, December the 24th. Now, today, we're going to be talking about Lisa, Robert, Phil, and Victor again. But they're going to be discussing something that I have yet to discuss in terms of pitching, because I do not believe in pitching. I believe that pitching is ridiculous. I do not like trying to pitch. It's kind of like Shark Tank. I think, you know, uh, uh, standing before four people who know nothing about you and they just completely misjudge you is the most ridiculous, horribly put-together television series ever in the history of mankind. Now, we're going to listen to what they think about pitching, and then I'm going to stop it, and we're going to talk about it along the way. Also, I'm going to give you some phrases in regards to sales talk. Now, if you guys want this whole template and you want to have some discussions, it's available on my Business English podcast as usual. And with that being said, guys, we're going to be diving right into this. So first and foremost, got to make sure I screen share because of course, man, I'm telling you, I was getting ready to play it and you guys are just going to be sitting there for about one minute. Like what the hell is going on right now? What are you talking about? So here we go. Pitching and closing. How often do you pitch to clients? I'm pitching to clients every day. Pitching to clients is a difficult area. Um, you, it's like going to a networking meeting. People go to a networking meeting to sell, but no one goes there to buy. So understanding the signals from a customer or a potential customer as to whether they're ready to receive your pitch and that they know that it's about to be landed on them is very important. I pitch to clients once or twice a week. It depends really on the size or scale of that prospect. Um, it can take a number of months for that prospect to get to the pitch stage. Um, so having that backlog of those people, that takes a lot of time to get them to fruition. All right, so there it is, there it is. And you know, before we get into pitching, I just wanna close in this last one, this question. It's about what are your tips for giving a good pitching presentation again this is not what i discussed because i wanted to bypass this i don't believe in pitching i do believe that you and your product should sell itself i believe that people should come to you and they should say you know what i love your podcast i need about six to ten hours of coaching how can i do it can we get on a call da, 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 da. that's what my podcast does however I would have to kind of pitch to someone in an indirect way who's following up with me on Facebook, although they don't know about my Facebook page, barely. YouTube, they don't know. Podcasts, they don't know. And yet here they are asking a lot of questions. They're being very pushy. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, can you uh, give me a discount? And I'm like, that's it. I'm not, I, I officially do not want to help you anymore. 
And a lot of people are like, damn, Arsenio, they ask you for a discount. You don't want to help them anymore? Nope, because that means they're showing a lack of respect. It's kind of like me speaking to, big shout out to, oh my God, I think her name's Sui, okay? Big shout out to you, okay? She's a physical therapist from uh, Brazil, and she's living out there in America. And she told me, and I told her, I said, okay, it's normally $40 an hour, this and that. And, you know, I was talking to her. She said, dude, that's not expensive at all. And I was like, that's very funny you said that, Sully, because just like two days ago, I was having a talk with this, uh, I don't know what she does exactly, but she is from Mexico. And she knows only my Facebook page. She doesn't know my podcast, right? So I believe that there are two systems. Now, before I get into those two systems, she was like, hey, so what is this? Okay, your price is this and that. I stated everything. She's like, oh, that's actually way out of my budget. Thanks, though. And I'm like, wait, you're not even going to accept a free consultation? Are you serious? Like, you came here asking me for prices. I offered you a free class. You said it's too expensive and you don't even want to do the consultation? Like, that's odd. And these are the Facebook types of people. Now, people who come from my podcast onto my Instagram, they're willing to pay anything. Sully, who is like one of the three people, I have a, someone else from Egypt and Kosovo who came to me from my Facebook page. They were willing to pay right off the bat, no problem. But some people, they're just like, that's too expensive. I'm like, okay, well, that's for you. Best of luck to you. If they said, can you give me a discount? I could be like, no, but you can actually support my podcast. Go learn for free and best of luck to you. Goodbye. You guys get what I'm saying? People on Facebook, they don't know how, who I am. So they kind of just look at me and say, well, I don't think you're that good. Although they don't even watch my videos on there. I have dozens of them. They don't know my YouTube, thousands of videos, almost a thousand subscribers in my ESL podcast, which is number one. They don't know any of this. So they look at me and they think they can haggle me. But I look at that as disrespect. So if someone does that to you or if someone tries pitching to you, I would be like, dude, why are you trying to pitch to me? I remember we did, I did a podcast with Luke Burroughs on my Motivational Mentors, a podcast I used to do two years ago. And this guy who knew a lot about podcasts, and it just sounded like he was doing a big old pitch on our podcast. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm like, really? Like, uh, I understand that, you know, you're trying to sell something. I, I mean, that's all cool. But no, my, 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 our listeners, they're really not going to appreciate this. So, guys, we got to put it into perspective. Don't pitch. I'm sorry. Don't pitch. Tell the world who you are. And if you're able to speak with impeccability and the power of influence, people are going to be like, oh, my God, I'm glued to your message. I would like to donate to the Arsenio Buck Foundation. Oh, my God, I'm glued to your message. I would like some coaching hours. Oh, my God, I'm glued to your message. I would like a course on this specific thing. How much is it? 200. No problem. Here it is. Thank you very much. Oh my God, I achieved the score. I would like to write a Facebook recommendation on your Facebook page. Guys, that's, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it should speak for yourself. But again, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They're going to close this up by giving you tips for giving a good pitching presentation. One of my close, well, I wouldn't say close friends. One of my friends, she's from India, living in Cambodia. She has to pitch to, to government people out there in Cambodia so that they could fund these projects that she's doing for the environment, which are spectacular. And she hits these pitches every time. But me, I'm a person I would never pitch because I would take it very personal. Well, I really don't believe in your product. Well, I don't believe in you and your mother. You see what I mean? Don't play with me. I don't need someone to do that for me. Thank you very much.
okay, calm down, Arsenio. Everything's going to be all right. Woo-wee. Okay, let the black go away. Let the black go away. Okay, we're ready. All right, so here we go. What are your tips for giving a good pitching presentation? In terms of giving a good presentation, in terms of giving a good pitch or sales to somebody, you just need to know your product inside out. You have to have confidence. If you don't have confidence in what you're talking about, you will erode any confidence they have in your service. For a good presentation or a good pitch, you should locate the client's requirements before working on your PowerPoint or your verbal techniques, but just locate what they're after, locate the outcome. In terms of giving a pitch, I would say definitely don't make promises which are going to be impossible to keep. You should listen. When giving a good pitching presentation, you should listen. You should listen for the signals the customer is or is not ready to buy and is or is not receiving the information from you. If they're giving you signals that they're not interested, stop. See if there's another angle or stop the conversation immediately. Damn, or stop the conversation immediately. There when, is. when trying to close the sale, um, a big factor for a lot of people is cost. Um, and how I would deal with that is if that's their primary concern, you would look more towards the value. So what added value are they receiving for that cost? If the cost is the primary driver, then they may not be the right customer for you. The uh. objections I usually get from customers Thank you, Robert. Uh, are going to be either about why a given product wouldn't work in their context or about budget and what they are expecting or not expecting to pay for. Uh, there it is. They're not the people. We have to understand that maybe at some point you're going to have to make a decision to say, maybe this isn't the right customer for me. See, some of us were really, really um, scared to, to take that step because looking at it, that Mexican lady who was like, hey, I'm very itching, ho, okay, best of luck to you, best of wishes. And I'm like, you don't want your free consultation? Okay, I've accepted that she is not my demographic. She's not the right customer for me. Goodbye, best of luck to you. I did tell her and gave a couple of other things in regards to what I had covered before. Like, hey, well, $50 a month this, and then you have essay reviews. She completely bypassed everything. And I'm like, hey, cool, bye-bye, goodbye. And I, I told her I was gonna send her some IELTS stuff like podcasts, and then I just said to it, I said, you know what, I don't care. You're not really my customer. The other guy that came to me, he was trying to haggle me. He's like, oh, but I don't have money. Okay, this, okay, that, okay, this. Okay, when do we start? How do I pay? I said, how do I pay? How do you pay? You said you don't even have money. You said you wanted a discount. I can't give you a discount. So how do you pay? No. And again, looking at your profile, you look really fake, to be honest with you. So, nah, I'm good. I decided to say, you know what? You're not the right customer for me. You could take your money elsewhere. I know it's crazy. I know because I look at it from a brand perspective. Now, again, given the fact that this individual was from Afghanistan, it's not like he would tell everyone in Afghanistan, hey, don't touch the American by the name of Arsenio. He is a bad man. I doubt it. I doubt it. But I do not want to jeopardize my image over someone who has what looks like a fake Facebook. And then when do we start? No, I believe that you're going to, you're going to try to get like $2,000 worth of value out of a $50 membership per month. I'm good. 
I think there's someone else out there for you or just tune into my podcast because a lot of people have achieved uh, hopeful glory by listening to my podcast. So again, sometimes you just have to make that decision and say, you know what, you're just not the right person for me. So now, here we go. Tell us about any concessions you might make in order to close a deal. This is the next phase. When closing a deal, sometimes it's necessary to make concessions. If people buy additional value at the point of purchase that can be discounted that would normally cost more if bought later on down the line. To make a concession to closing a deal um, I'd only really consider that viable way to go if there's going to be volume. So you need to make sure that the balance that you're offering um, is going to be returned in some way otherwise you're not really doing the sales team any any good at all. Exactly volume meaning money like even if you lower it, lower it, lower it, is that really doing the sales team any good? Are they really going to make a profit from it or anything just to make that customer happy? Sometimes, again, you just have to accept the fact that they are not your customer. That's, that's it. You know, Lisa was just talking about it, you know, uh, you know, about discounted, you know, discounted now and it might be more expensive down the road. You know, I just add freebies, right? I don't discount so much, right? Again, because Lisa talked about it in the podcast back December 24th never give discounts. So I'm like, okay, if I give a discount, I'm gonna give myself a, di I'm gonna give it a discount on my own watch, but I don't wanna make myself look cheap. See, if I were to offer classes to that group, big shout out to my Filipinos, I love you guys. You know I love you guys, okay? But that Filipino group who thought they could pay $2 an hour for me to teach them IELTS, five people for $10 an hour, if you thought that, you know how that, that means I would be putting my image to the world that I ch I'm cheap and I suck. If I believe in myself, I would be, that's why I boosted prices 33%. Then again, the limited beliefs came, Arsenio, are, you, are, are people gonna be willing to pay for it? They're gonna be willing to pay for value. Let me break this down for you. A TOEFL test is $225. What I'm offering right now is a five-hour package plus one free hour for $200. That's $40 an hour. That's, that's what the price is right now. Some people say, oh, that's too expensive. But let me give you this. If you don't get your score on that $225 test, you're going to have to pay $25 more than what you would have paid me for another damn test. Although you could have made the investment right now to get $240 of value, and get that test score. But because you think, oh, I don't wanna invest, now you're gonna take the test, you're not gonna get the mark, you're gonna have to invest again. And then you're gonna, when you have to invest again, you'll be like, damn, I should've just paid him. Cause I would've had, I would've had to only taken this one time. See what I mean? Guys gotta be able to walk yourself through it. This is, that's a critical learning moment in any walk of life. Think about an investment. It's like a sunk cost. The TOEFL test ultimately becomes a sunk cost. If you had make the, made the investment to invest in a mentor, a coach, or in any walk of life, make an investment so you could get the desired outcome rather than put more money into something and keep losing it, it becomes a sunk cost. You know, Suli, she spent $900 worth of test. TOEFL, four tests. Uh, a student back in the upcountry of Thailand, he spent 5,000 US dollars, took the test 66 times, 
He finally spent maybe $200 to learn with me in a class size of about 15. And he got the test, the desired test score and about 15 hours of teaching on the 66th time. Just saying, if you invest and you get the score, you don't have to pay again. So you just got to make that decision, right? So in saying that, what do you think makes an amazing deal? I love this part. Um, and then we're gonna go into in the terms basics. of closing an amazing deal, you never really know where they're going to come from. You might suspect, and that can turn into a, a, a nightmare, um, but the smaller deal that then evolves are the ones that I think are, are magic. Um, they start as, as a seedling and then you have this you have repetitive income or generated from something you thought initially um, wasn't um, wasn't a big deal, but it is. Mm. So there it is, guys. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to, you know, saying to yourself, "All right, well, if I actually, you know, invest in this small thing, like a lot of people who made early investments into the line application or into Apple stock or Facebook stock, they would see." the rewards reaped right now. Let me give you an example. Bitcoin was at about, oh my God, how much was it? It was about 100 US dollars. Yeah, about 100 US dollars. And it was about 100 to 200 US dollars about what, a year and a half ago, right? And the highest it had ever been was at, dude, am I, am I doing the math right? Huh, let me see. 1,000 US dollars. Yes, 1,000 US dollars. 100 is way too cheap. It was at 1,000 US dollars to about 1,500, right? It fell down. It was, an, it was at, um, honestly, I think I'm lying right now. I have no idea. My math has been so bad as of the last day. So let's see, Bitcoin price now. And I'm doing it based on, uh, oh my God, it continues to go up. Oh boy. So again, looking back at Bitcoin, it was at 579,000 baht, which is close to 20,000 US dollars. This was last December. If I go back even further, it was probably at about, I don't know, 150,000 baht, which means 5,000 US dollars. Bitcoin is now approaching 1,200,000 baht. That's 40,000 US dollars. They keep saying the bubble's gonna burst, the bubble's gonna burst. And if it does, by all means, but if you have a Bitcoin right now and the guy that I knew a long time ago, he's like, man, I really hope Bitcoin, my price, my money's going down. If he was patient, he could literally take out, I don't know how much money he put in, but some people invested 50,000 US dollars into Bitcoin. If you multiply 50,000 times 40,000, there you go. You see what I mean? Like, it's all about patience, all about patience. So you got to play the long term. Again, what he says in the veteran investor Bill Miller flips Warren Buffett's Bitcoin snub to argue crypto beats cash. Why is Bitcoin's price at an all-time high? Again, the reason why I'm telling you guys this is looking at something small and believing that this thing will end up being big, such as Bitcoin. Like a product. Um, I don't know, let's say maybe sometime this year, my early access podcast, where you get all my podcasts, um, you know, in advance. So basically the entire month of January, parts of February, March, April, and May, you get all those podcasts right now. You don't have to wait for them. Early access podcast is priced at $5 a month. Maybe, just maybe in about, 
in six months time, people are going to realize, oh my God, absolutely. I'm going to invest into this $5 a month. I love it. I could learn and do this and learn all these things and get all the TOEFL podcasts and all these podcasts very early. I want it now. If I, if I get like 50 people to invest in that $5, then that becomes 500. I would have never thought a membership such as the early access end up being $500 of extra income a month. Do you guys see what I'm saying? So think about it. Just think about the little things. You guys are going to be able, and I hope that you're able to look at your life and put it into perspective and say, everything that our Arsenios talk about it, let me just switch it over to my life and see if I can, you know, kind of like flip around the 3D design and see if I can come up with new things. So now I'm going to get into the last phase of this. Now, this obviously is available on my Business English Podcast badge, okay, $30 a month. But I'm just going to talk about the phrases. So it says here, you will erode any confidence they have in your service. Erode is the key word here. Erode means destroy, completely retract, okay? Wipe away, throw away the confidence that someone may have in your product. Luckily, no one has done that because I know what my capabilities are, especially coaching and stuff online. And so people are like, oh man, absolutely. I am all for what Arsenio's got going on, et cetera, et cetera. But again, there are sentence beginnings and endings. So I'm not going to tell you the beginning. You can check that out on the Business English Podcast badge. But I just want to go over some key vocabulary terms. At the point of purchase, that means when they're getting ready to buy. Another phrase would be later on down the line. That means later, like, like in a month's time or maybe in a year's time, later down the line. I have a tendency of saying that very routinely also. Product inside out. Knowing a product inside out. Now, some of you are like, what the hell does inside out mean? Meaning knowing everything about the product. Okay. Get a deal to fruition. Meaning make the deal more, it's more likely to happen. Fruition, meaning it is likely to happen, to make it unfold, to make it seem like it's a reality. Primary concern. Okay, this is another bolded phrase that you guys are going to see on the Business English Podcast badge template. Primary concern is this. So my primary concern with you being a teacher here is maybe you don't have enough experience. No, no one has ever said that to me because if they said that to me, I'd be like, excuse, what? Goodbye. Like, yeah, I don't even have to, I don't need to present myself because you've already made it up in your mind that you're ignorant and I'm not going to give any of my goodness to an ignorant statement like that. Luckily, it never happened to me, but I'm just giving you an example. Uh, landed on them. I think Robert had said this. Landed on the. Oh no, Lisa had said this in regards to pitching. So they won't be shocked when it had landed on them. Meaning it uh, it ended up being presented to them is what she was trying to say. Way to go. Now way to go means hey, studio. Way to go. But way to go means that is probably the easier way to go. Meaning the easier choice. The easier choice to to make. That means way to go. Okay. So with that being said, guys, those are some different things. You're going to be replacing the words and phrases in bold, uh, you know, that I've actually just said, such as at some point in the future, close a deal, decision extremely well, give it to in a sale, main problem, reduce. These are the, th these are the other phrases that you would replace the phrases that I just presented to you that, no, yeah, you guys get what I'm saying. So have, do you guys understand that? Okay, do you understand what I just talked about? Because I'm going to give you guys this last little bit phrase. 
here in Thailand, they have a tendency of guaranteeing scores. You can't guarantee anything to anybody. I don't guarantee nothing. If someone says, oh, my God, Arsenio, I got to take TOEFL. I need this score. I'm be like, hey, well, I do believe you can achieve it, but it comes down to you. As a coach, I could give you and do as much as I can, but I need 100% from you. No bullshit. So here's the question. Have you ever made an impossible promise to a customer? Thai people, they have that impossible promise. When they have language centers, and especially the language center I worked at before about four years ago, they would always say, 7.5 in IELTS, guaranteed. Unless that student is an international school student, there's no way that they're going to get that score, especially given the fact that these examiners here in Thailand really suck at the IDP and the British Council, right? Because they're very biased. They don't really like Thai students. So they always put them into a box of 5.56 or 6.5. There's no sevens given out in this country unless you're an international school student. So I never make promises to a customer. Now, there was a girl, she's like, Arsenio, I really need a 26. And I said, okay, I'm listening to you right now. You're probably at about a 23, 24. You do have a lot of fillers. Okay, I say about six hours, uh, along with some evaluations, you should be good to go. No, no BS. You should be good to go. But what can you do to make sure that you achieve that? Because I'm going to need 120% from you too. So I never make impossible promises to anyone. I don't guarantee I'm not going to make a template and put it onto my Facebook and say, oh, learn with me and you're going to get an 8.0 IELTS in two days guaranteed. That is bullshit. That is terrible marketing and it's going to backfire on you. Please don't do that with anything you do, okay? Unless you're absolutely certain that you can guarantee something, okay? And if you have a, a physical product, logistics might always become a problem. So if you guarantee, oh, guaranteed it'll arrive Monday morning at 10 a.m. And if it doesn't, what are they going to think? Don't guarantee things unless you are 120% certain. And the last question is, how would you feel if a salesperson, salesperson failed to deliver on a promise? How would you feel? There you go. I mean, a lot of people, man. And it's funny because they have zero accountability. I can't remember when. Nothing's coming to my mind. But there were times that I bought something, I went back and I was like, hey, this doesn't work. And they were just like, hmm, they had already made the sale. They don't care. They don't care about the whole lose in the face. But if I come back and I say, hey, this doesn't work, you said it did. And they're like, oh, oh, oh my God, okay, sorry. Then they end up getting the warranty and help you and all that other stuff. I think some, pro um, what is it? Uh, I can't remember. Cause I don't really deal with salespeople like that either. So especially here in Thailand. I just know what I'm going to buy and then that's the end of it. You know, so I mean, if I deal with salespeople would come out there in America where they say, hey, buy this little thing. You can clean your shoes for this amount. Next thing you know, it doesn't work. Try going back. He's probably not there anymore. And if he is there, he'll probably act like he doesn't even know you. So if you fail to deliver on a promise, you're going to lose face and you're not a true salesman. Got it? Got You have to back up what you say is what I'm trying to tell you. And that's today's lesson. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to another ESL podcast. And if you have any other questions, man, please let me know. So much more to discuss. And we're going to be getting into, if you guys haven't already heard, workplace scenarios in terms of putting your heads together over and out.